how did I even do that two months ago? How did I, you know, manage to juggle all these things? I think that, you know, when you're passionate about something, you just figure it out and you kind of let it be all encompassing as hard as that is to like think about. But I guess it just, you, you just find the time when it's meaningful for you. Social media strategy and a thoughtful marketing plan as part of the DNA of a business right from the start, this can really make all the difference. This secret ingredient has played a big role in leading restaurateur Samantha Wasser to so much success. You know her from By Chloe, The Sosa, and Des. Coming up, you'll hear about how she delivered on this strategy, why finding people who roll with the punches really matters, the art of winning with a small team, the impact of always making yourself available, and how Samantha has persevered in spite of tough personal challenges. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Samantha Wasser, welcome to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. We are so excited to spend the morning with you today. Thanks for having me. You have an incredible story of how you got into the food world and your passion for food. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you really got your start. Sure. Uh, I guess I got my start in the food world. Uh, I grew up in New York City, so there's food everywhere. Uh, I think I was spending a lot of my free time with my friends in restaurants more so some of my friends that grew up outside of New York where you had basements and you had places to kind of, you know, occupy your time in New York. It was your small apartment or, you know, a street corner or like a stoop. Um, and then when it was cold, you kind of ran out of options. So I think I was always around food. Um, my dad was always in the industry. So um, I just from a young age was spending more time in restaurants and kind of, you know, watching everyone like in their choreographed movement uh, work around the restaurant. So I was always intrigued at, you know, how it started from ground zero to um, becoming like a functioning restaurant. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do something in restaurants, but after college, I didn't want to just go work with my dad right away because I wanted to make sure that that was something I really was passionate about and it wasn't like, oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life, so I'll just, you know, go work with him. Um, so I went into celebrity endorsements, which is like so different and um, it was really fun. I worked for an amazing young company and made so many contacts that I actually where I was able to work with some of them when I started by Chloe. Um, but I just wasn't creatively fulfilled there. It was, I was working on behalf of brands, like incredible brands, uh, like Procter & Gamble, PepsiCo. But ultimately, their creative agency was the one making the call on which celebrities were going to be in campaigns, even though I'd be like, oh, this person's going to be huge and you can afford them right now. You should go with them. Um, the brand ultimately made that creative call. So it was almost like I was hitting like a, like, you know, a wall there. Uh, How many years were you there for? Uh, three, three and a half years. And what did you study in school? Um, sociology and psychology. So like really nothing uh, that had to do with anything. But, you know, I came out of school in 09 and the uh, like the job market was just really awful. And like I worked for a year before I even got paid just 
as an intern because I wanted to get my foot in the door somewhere and I really enjoyed the company. So I was like, okay, like, let me just see if this is where I want to be. It was something I had never even knew was a job before. Um, I like found like, you know, found that stumbled upon that company. Um, But it was a great learning experience. And it also like taught me like how to work as a team and, and all of those skills I kind of brought with me to the restaurants. Um, And that's when I, you know, wanted to make a change. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, at that time, like 25 years old, I want to see if I want to be in restaurants. It felt like a good time where I could, if I didn't like it, okay, I'll be 26, 27. That's still okay to start over at that point. I didn't want to go into restaurants at 30 hate it and be like, oh gosh, now what? What, now, yeah, what do I do? Starting in a whole new industry seems like so daunting. Um, so then I, uh, when I went to meet with my dad, I was, I told him, I only want to come work if I can create my own brands and work on places where I see myself hanging out or my friends. Uh, at that time, he really only had steakhouses and they were more of like, occasion restaurants for me and my friends to go if it was your mother's birthday or your your brother's graduation and that just didn't seem so interesting to me and it was also a formula everything was like brown and they they have a great strong BLT brand it just it didn't need an overhaul at that point so for me to come in and start working for those brands it just felt like you didn't necessarily need me because you have people that have a ton more expertise than than I would be able to bring to the table. I love by Chloe. You know, you walk in there and it's basically an Instagram dream. Every single fe- detail is so well thought out. How did you come up with this idea? Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That makes me so happy because <laughs> I remember I slaved over like every single little detail, like it, hoping it people like see them. Um, I guess, you know, by Chloe came at a time when there really weren't many vegan options out there that were targeting non-vegans. And that was really what made me excited about the idea of like a vegan restaurant. I was actually getting ready for my wedding at the time. And I saw myself eating more plant-based vegan without knowing I was doing that. But I was never finding myself at a vegan restaurant because I just didn't belong. I didn't feel like I belonged. So it's like, what if we create a vegan plant-based restaurant that is approachable and is not, you know, scary? It's not like, oh, I'm I'm not vegan, so I don't belong there. And I was like, okay, not only do I need to get me in there, but I need to get my husband in there. And he's definitely not going to a vegan restaurant. So that's really where By Chloe came from. And and the branding is very like black and white with pops of color, which is so anti like vegan at the time, which was very earthy and earth tones and granola and um, sort of like hippie-ish and we kind of just ran in the total opposite direction. Uh, and I think that that is what really made the brand so approachable at the time. And now like vegan is everywhere. Like even McDonald's is working on like a vegan burger. So the times have definitely changed. But it was amazing to see once we opened that 
like only 10% of our customers were actually vegan that were coming to us, which was like so shocking, which is what we hope for, but you never know. You did an excellent job. You made it so inviting. And I'm not a vegan, but I remember when I was seeing these stores, I just wanted to go in there. I wanted to see, you know, what was inside. I and wanted we to went take my and we took photos. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to post it on Instagram because it was the cool thing to do. Uh, and then your Instagram feed is really just incredible. You know, how you curate every photo is 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 really amazing. Thank How do you, you decide what pictures to post and where do you find them? Yeah, so a lot of it's found on like Pinterest or Instagram. It's funny, it kind of started at a time when we just had no photography. I just wanted to build up a fan base or a following before we even had a menu. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm inspired by colors. I'm inspired by food and art, like what's the perfect mix of that? And I started just playing around and was, you know, going from color to color and kind of blending it and no one was really doing that at the time. And it sort of just took on its own identity. And I remember after we opened, I was like, okay, how much longer can I keep this up? And I knew if I went away from that, I'd never be able to shift back into it. So we've stuck with it. And now, you know, we're reaching out to young uh, artists, hoping to get them to create original content for us so that we can highlight them on our feed. I have so many, you know, amazing plans for the feed, but it's all about getting that marketing budget. um, So you're still very involved in the feed. Oh, yeah. I still I do all the curating. So do you have a content calendar? How far in advance do you plan it? This uh, is what we do. So yeah, I have to ask yeah. these questions. No, so sometimes I'm like really good and I have like three months planned in advance. And then it always happens at the worst time when I realize, oh, my gosh, I have no photos and I have a four openings going on and I'm on like Pinterest trying to figure out what to do right now I think I have like a good two months but you know things always come up so feels was kind of last minute for us which sounds crazy but we really pulled that together in a month, in a month about um so I then wanted to put the feels photos that we did into the feed so sometimes things kind of have to be reworked even though we've committed yeah, that's to that. what we always say so we always tell our clients you know you can plan far in advance right. but you have to be flexible you have to capitalize on trending moments what's going on in your business so that we can definitely relate exactly exactly Do you use your instagram stories to feature your customers and guests yeah so instagram stories has been such an incredible way for us to not be so put into that box so our instagram feed is amazing but it is limiting because we can't just like post a daily special or things like that so we really try and utilize our stories to connect with our customers about specials that we have going on promotions also every week we do a top 20 of our like customers user-generated photos and that's been so fun because we get so many people that will repost the photos that we posted of theirs and then they write us back oh my gosh thank you for featuring my photo it's awesome and for them it's it's a great opportunity we have over a hundred thousand followers and we're linking to them through our stories so people just get really excited about it and we have such and everyone that comes into our restaurant is apparently a photographer because they take such good photos so it seems like such a waste to not be able to utilize the photos people were taking um and we also run a blog and stories has been incredible for that to drive traffic because we'll post a roundup of all of our blog stories each week with a swipe up to go and read and like the swipe up is incredible 
Are you managing this whole process or do you have someone on the team to help with this? Um, Grace on my team is awesome. Um, I manage it, you know, along with her. I still edit, like, and the editor of the blog. I still edit all the posts. And, um, but she's been incredible to take it kind of under her wing and take it to the next level. And, you know, we're still changing all the time and thinking about ways that we can work with, you know, different people or more people. And the blog just allows us to connect with people outside of our like four walls and be more of a like beyond a restaurant and more of a lifestyle because there's so many incredible people across all industries that have vegan products or, you know, products that are just happen to be vegan. Um, So we love to connect with, you know, anyone and everyone. So we are sitting here right now, and this room smells absolutely incredible. I was going to wait a bit to try these cookies and pastries, but I think we're going to have to do a a taste test right now and take some photos. And and your Instagram feed just so perfect, but the actual food itself is so Instagrammable. So you guys can't see what we're looking at now, but there is, you know, sprinkles everywhere and these, you know, pink, uh, what would you call them? Like Rice Krispies treats. They're just so oh, delicious. We're going to have to try it now. Our pinky yeah. treaties. Yes, this tell us about them. Yeah, tell us. About it. And I'm going to, while you're telling us about it, I'm going to take a bite and then yeah. I'm going to report back how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. So we just launched uh, our Feels by Chloe, which is our CBD infused uh, bake sweets, treats and snacks. Uh, we had uh, for the launch, we launched in New York City for two weeks at both of our by Chloe Sweets locations. And we launched CBD One Stop Shops, which was just incredible to see the reaction from people. We had launched a brownie on 420 and still to this day, we're getting emails where's the brownie? Is it coming back? Is it coming back? So it, you know, the wheels in my head started spinning. How can we do this? How can we do more CBD things and also do it in more of a meaningful way, which launched Feels. And we partnered with Toast uh, CBD Oil, which is an incredible company. Their CBD oil is like one of the purest out there. There's no fertilizers. Like it's um, ethically farmed. Uh, It only has a hint of non-GMO coconut oil in it, uh, which is what you need to in order to bind within you and within the food. So they're an incredible brand. And we also partnered with Nice Paper, which Marta and uh, Charlotte are uh, an educational platform for cannabis as well as CBD. So I've they've been educating me on the benefits of CBD, but more importantly, educating our staff and our customers, which was important to us to have, you know, a full encompassing CBD program versus just, you know, add CBD to your coffee and people not understand why you might want to add CBD to your coffee. Um, and so there's been so many people through those two weeks that have come in with questions and hopefully we've been able to answer those and educate the different customers that come through, um, which has been so exciting because the energy for those two weeks in our stores were really felt like the first few days of By Chloe because we were introducing people to a new product like we did with By Chloe being vegan in the beginning. What was the timeline like from the time you thought of this idea to making everything a reality? Feels? Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, we're very scrappy. So um, probably like, three months, less than three months. 
And it all kind of like snowballed. Uh, it was like, okay, let's work on a few products. Okay, you know, how do we launch it? Maybe we'll do a pop-up. Okay, let's do two pop-ups. Like, let's bring on nice paper. So it all kind of happened really fast. Um, and uh, we were fortunate to rely on some connections we had for the photography. Um, we had a launch party at Spring Place, um, which they're incredible partners. They, you know. I love Spring Place. Yeah, beautiful, they did it for place. free for us. So it was really incredible because I was like, we've never been able to have a party. And it was awesome because we were launching food products in the way that fashion would launch their new collection. Like we did like, you know, it was like a preview event and we had all the food out on display, much like you'd have like models at a fashion preview. So it was just an interesting juxtaposition of like launching these food items that we had never seen anyone do before. So ideally, I'd love to do more events like that as we get larger. This cookie that I just ate was incredible. Oh, the Probably the best grapes. cookie yeah, I've ever so had. Good. Where can people get this? So the Feels products, we had, as I said, the two pop-ups, um, which was like total CBD experience. And we took um, the learnings from those two weeks and rounded up like our top five best-selling products. And those are now available in all the New York stores. We're hoping to do um, a Feels pop-up at some point in Boston um, because we've been getting a ton of requests for that. And right now in London, we have um, a Feels launching. So it's like our, you know, traveling pop-up. Amazing. How many locations do you have right now? I think it's about like 12 or 13. Wow. Amazing. Including That's the so two incredible. bakeries. Yeah. How often do you visit them? Uh, the ones in New York I try and visit pretty often. Um, I try and get out to Boston when I can. Uh, London I've only been able to go about two times just because it is it is quite far and I've had you know a lot of my hands full um, in America, but I'm hoping to get out there um, for our third location that we're opening. Let's take a break and eat more of these cookies. And coming up, you will learn more about how Samantha scaled her business. Samantha, I want to get into how you've been able to manage so much over the past few years because you've started by Chloe. You've also started two other restaurants. How do you manage all of that? This is a question I get asked a lot. Um, I always wish I had some powerful <laughs> statement that would be inspiring to other people. Um, I think that, one, I think it's about finding the right partners. You know, I was really inspired to push myself really far um, when I partnered with Ali for Sosta and Eden for Dez. I think looking back, I probably should have kicked myself and been like, what are you doing? Because you have so much other stuff going on. Um, but I think sometimes you just like meet people and you're like, oh, I can't. If if they go on to do something and I'm not a part of it, I'm going to be kicking myself. So where did you, just, you meet them? Um, so Allie, I met through um, my branding company, uh, Paperwhite Studios. Laureen um, is the founder and she's the one that uh, I worked on by Chloe, Des, and Sosta with. Uh, so I trust her implicitly. And she's become a good friend over the last uh, – four years of working together. So she introduced me to Allie and then Eden actually came in sort of blindly. We realized we had a ton of friends in common, but, you know, she had been to buy Chloe and was, you know, thinking about doing her own concept, but really wanted an operations partner um, for what has become Des. So 
once I heard their ideas and their stories, I was like, oh gosh, like if I'm not a part of this, I'm going to be really upset. So I think I just pushed myself to find those hours. Now looking back, I'm like, oh gosh, how did I even do that two months ago? How did I, you know, manage to juggle all these things? I think that, you know, when you're passionate about something, you just figure it out and you kind of let it be all encompassing as hard as that is to like think about. But I guess it just, you you just find the time when it's meaningful for you. Um, But, you know, right now by Chloe is definitely, you know, taken over my life and we're at such an exciting point in the company's growth. Um, You know, we've been around for three years, but um, there's been definitely a lot of bumps in the road. And and right now we just recently took on outside funding, which we had never done before. So yeah, it's been really exciting because, you know, I've always seen the potential for by Chloe, but um, wasn't necessarily like able to get us there um, just with, you know, outside circumstances. Uh, So we've been a very scrappy, small team. So I'm really excited to start to be able to grow that team. And, you know, I think I'll look back in a million years and be like, wow, actually, maybe it was so much it was so beneficial to have such a scrappy team because at times I'm like, oh, gosh, we just need extra pair of hands. But, um, you know, I've gotten to know all of my staff really, really well. Like we, you know, all pitch in and do 100 things during feels uh, our two week pop up. We were at the stores until 1 a.m. hanging up gold tinsel together. You know, someone that you know, Grace, who works on social media, is not like a gold tinsel installer. But like, you know, she's there because Gets it's it a team of three yeah. people like you, you know, just help out where you can so I think that if we had grown so fast people you know the people that work for me uh always say like they've learned so much in such a short period of time Mm -hmm. and before I hire anyone for corporate I'm like okay you will learn a lot but you will also be doing a ton of things and they're always like well what is my job going to include and I'm like I would love to give you everything a sheet of paper (laughs) that tells you exactly what you're going to be doing Monday to Friday but it's not going to be like that. So is it easy to weed people out if you feel they're not the right fit? Yeah, because I think it's just like about you just need to find people that roll with like the punches, especially in hospitality. So even if you were like, even if I had a larger team, there's still so many fire drills and so many things that come up that you didn't think about or, you know, construction gets delayed. So for someone that's like so, you know, needing a schedule, it just doesn't work like that in hospitality. So um, it's something I always like try and see if someone's able to kind of roll with the punches. Are there when I'm certain interview them. questions you ask? Yeah, I just always say like, you know, you know, how flexible are you? Like, will you are you able to like be a problem solver? Um, if someone so happens like, you know, what would you do in that situation? Are you able to like put in more hours on weeks that, you know, we're opening like when there's an opening week, it's like our Super Bowl. So it's all hours, all the time. It's there's traveling involved. So I try and, you know, see how open minded people are. And it's not like, oh, like a punch in, punch out kind of a job just because we are so small. So having someone, you know, just be in from like nine to six is not so helpful on the weeks that are really, really intense. How do you keep people motivated when things are just you know, there's so it's many balls hard. in the air and there's so many things to do. Um, I've been really lucky with the people that I've hired or, you know, really love the work that they're doing. Um, but it's definitely hard because there are some weeks where it is 
exhausting. You know, it's just like a lot of hours. So after um, I keep referring to feels because this was just like two weeks ago, but um, I had two people actually join my team um, from which actually doubled my team in size because it was three of us. Um, And they're uh, fresh out of college, like fresh ideas. Um, And the first week they joined, it was like, we're working till 11 o'clock putting up tinsel. And I was like, oh gosh, these people are never going to come back to work. Like they most definitely are like, this is the real world. This is crazy. (laughs) This is not what I signed up for. Um, But they were so into it. But I also didn't get a proper you know, welcome to the team. And like, you know, that smoke and mirrors of like, look how glamorous we are. It was kind of like just fresh right to work right away. And we were, you know, running around the city buying disco balls and this and that. It just was really hectic. So last week, um, which was like a week after, um, Fields, I was like, okay, we're going on a team outing because, you know, we need to celebrate one that Fields was an amazing success and that we pulled it off together and that you guys are Welcome to the team. Uh, so we went to this place called Beat the Bomb in Dumbo. And what is that? it is so fun. And like I got an email from both of them afterwards being like, I'm so happy to join the team. This was so fun. So that made me really happy. Um, and I love like doing like weird things. Like what is just Beat fun things? You I seem love like Dumbo you would be such a Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so it's really funny. It's like a mix of like being in an episode of 24 meets like an art heist so you have these four different rooms and you go into the first room and it's like you're hacking so like you have these like five different uh screens and you're trying to figure out like the codes from each of the screens and one screen over there has the code to the screen over here so you're like alpha mega oh like you're just like screaming at each other and like you know punching and like you literally feel like a hacker and then you go to another room and it's lasers like an art heist so like you have to like crawl on the floor jump over the laser stand really still like watch the patterns so like um and then we realize there's like buttons on one side and buttons on the other so you have to like go through the laser field to one side press the buttons come back we're like oh why don't we just stand here and just press the buttons and then it was like cheating detected so we're like oh gosh (laughs) um and then uh some of the other rooms you're like a human blob basically and you're like watching like the shapes on the floor and you go but at the end of it you're basically going through these rooms to build up time to beat the bomb at the end. And at the end, there's no way you're going to beat the bomb. They said like 4% of people actually beat the bomb. And you're in these like white suits with these masks on and like you're covered from head to toe. And you're trying, it's like a, looks like a video game and you're like trying to beat the bomb, which you're not going to beat. And then all of a sudden it just like shines a bright light at you on you and it's splatters you in pink like fluorescent paint oh my god and they record it which is awesome you take home a video yeah yeah so you take home a video of it and somehow I was standing in the middle and like got drenched in this like pink paint but it was it was really really funny that's when you now we have a blowout before you go there right yeah 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 (laughs) it was it was very funny but we've gone bowling before and like laser tag last time so this was like an interesting an interesting one but I want to do like a scavenger hunt as like my next one. You sound like a really fun boss. I, I think people would love to I work for you. Apply for a job by Chloe. What does a typical day look like for you? Are you going into an office or? Yeah, I mean, each day is different. I try and go to um, our corporate office as much as I can, just because like 
now that I actually have like a team of four people, um, you know, there's so much that they need from me. So I really try and be present when I can so that they feel like they're able to get what they need done. Um, I always said like, I never want to be that boss that, you know, was not available or not like, oh, I can't get this done because I haven't been able to get in touch with Sam. I never wanted that to be the case. So uh, I was actually laughing because someone that works for me, Farah, who's like my right-hand person, was like, yeah, I remember when when uh, like everyone just like walks into my office and I always say like it's as cheesy as it is when they first start, like, oh, my office is an open door policy. And it's like such a weird old school thing we to say, say but it's thing, so yeah. different. She's like, yeah, you did say that the first week. I'm like, I did? I said that? <laughs> She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's true. I don't like my door is never closed unless I'm on like, you know, a phone call and I don't want to disrupt people. Um, but I'm hoping at some point we'll have our own corporate office and it'll have like an open floor plan and have even more interaction because I think that it's so important. And when I go to like a WeWorks or, or you know, somewhere like this, you guys have, um, you just feel the energy and the ideas flowing. And right now we're, you know, shared corporate offices with E Squared, which is just, you know, it's so different. Not everyone's working on the same thing. So that's definitely in like the immediate future hopefully getting a by chloe corporate office so that you know you can live and breathe by chloe that's so exciting talk to us about who what the roles and responsibilities are of the members of your team because i think a a challenge for a lot of people running a fast-growing business is figuring out okay when am i ready to hire you know a director of finance or an hr person or a director of strategy so yeah i know it's it's definitely it's definitely hard because you don't want to take in that take on that like corporate overhead too fast. Um, for us, we've been really fortunate because we're partnered um, or we're partnered with Eastward Hospitality. A lot of that, um, a lot of those resources we kind of had from the beginning because they were shared with Eastward. So in terms of HR or you know accounting, you know all of the like unglamorous things, um, we were able to rely upon Eastward to handle, which really alleviated the pressure like from our operations or um, you know the creative side so you know it's a lot I hear that a lot from people that are starting companies or my friends that are starting companies where they're not able to to really concentrate on the creative side because they're you know trying to teach themselves how to be an accountant which they're like most definitely not and it's definitely it's it's hard to find that balance when you're starting a company so we were really fortunate in that each person was able to kind of concentrate on their best, like what their best skills were. Um, but on my immediate team on the creative side, we have um, uh, me, uh, Farrah, who's like my right hand, um, uh, Grace, who does all the social, um, Instagram, Facebook, everything, and um, also our blog uh, she runs. And then Philippa and Lizzie just joined my team, and they're fresh out of college. So they're kind of like an extra pair of hands right now. Uh, Lizzie, you know, stated that she's interested in marketing. So we've been trying to um, have her um, shadow Kate, um, who runs the marketing side um, of By Chloe, and we just got a dedicated marketing person. So that's super exciting. Um, You know, as we're going into different markets, we're learning that, you know, maybe – we took it for granted how big we are in New York. So when we went into Boston, we kind of just opened and maybe, you know, didn't do enough community outreach or brand building for people that 
don't know who by Chloe is. So I think that that was a learning, you know, for us to be like, okay, like we actually, you know, have to tell our brand story uh, the same way that we did in New York. So marketing has, um, or we hope will be, you know, super successful in translating our story in different markets to different people um, that, you know, have different habits than New Yorkers or L.A. Um, Have you learned a lot of this just as you've gone along? Yes. Yeah. You definitely make a lot of mistakes as you um, as you start a company. But I think that people that say that they don't make mistakes um, are lying. Uh, And we always ask that as an interview question. Tell us about the biggest mistake you've made. And it's always interesting to see what people say. Yeah. And surprisingly, actually, I would say most people admit to their mistakes. Yeah. I There's so many. So I like the biggest one. That's so hard to say. Um, yeah, but what is your biggest I mistake? I know. That's what I'm thinking. Um, silly. But I mean, probably just like trusting like some of the wrong people. But like in terms of like silly mistakes I've made, like in me trying to like save a buck, like when we were first starting out, I didn't have like branding vendors to like print like now we're part we have you know wb mason where we get all of our printed materials oh, we love so that wb mason yeah it's great <laughs> so it's like a one-stop shop for all the printed needs but i was like printing like our napkins here our t-shirts here like i was like had like 35 vendors like for no reason but i didn't know any better so i was trying to get our printed cups for cheap and i you know got them priced out by a reputable vendor that like we were getting something else from and like this like what is now I know a sketchy place online but a sketchy place online was cheaper save a few dollars you got to do it when you're starting save a few dollars and um one there was multiple mistakes I think I made in this one was the sketchy place online just going to them in general secondly was um paying up front so that was another lesson learned in this experience and then um that they didn't come ever so I never got the cups and I paid up front so um that was unfortunate because then I just went back to the reputable vendor that I should have gone to anyway and paid upon usage which is obviously better than paying you know ten thousand dollars out of pocket for I think I was saving like maybe like a penny a cup but like when you're first starting out you're like I gotta save a penny a cup um, so that was definitely a silly mistake. So definitely, you know, don't pay <laughs> everything up front and ask around before you uh, sign up for something online. How do you decide which market to go to next? Um, so we try and do as much research as, as we can. Um, Boston, I, I think, like fell into our laps a little bit. Um, we, you know, we're looking at where our customers were asking for by Chloe's um and then also we had a developer approach us for our first location in Boston so we thought like you know the stars were kind of aligning now you know especially that we have um uh, investors on board that have like analytics teams and you know all these things that we just didn't have at the time um we're doing a lot more due diligence before we pick our next market but um we're trying to stay closer if we can uh just because as a startup company it is so hard to like manage you know especially like when you know you're on the west coast or versus east coast in london we have an operations partner that handles the day-to-day so like without them like we could never you know do that so far away um just because the hours are so different the currency is different um 
the staff training is so different. So we really rely on them to, you know, sort of operate the restaurant. But I still, you know, design and um, design all the spaces, brand all the spaces. Coming up, you'll learn more about Samantha and what she's up to at home. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com. All right, so Samantha, before we get into you know more of the the lifestyle aspects, uh, would love to share with you something that Stephanie and I always do is we'll look at your social media and try to surprise oh, you gosh. with something that you might like. So we have some surprises that have actually just been present in the room this whole time. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, and one, we know you love flowers, so that's we got funny. You some flowers. I literally commented that on them when I walked in and I, I ignored said, you. I ignored yeah, I said, you. I said, what beautiful flowers you. Got, have you shouldn't have but I didn't realize they were actually for yes, they're actually they for, are you. for you they are so pretty and, oh my gosh and but then, you see I noticed it you did notice that was actually the first thing that you said <laughs> yeah, and I pretended I didn't hear you so you noticed it the whole time um, but then we also got you some kombucha oh I love kombucha yeah we sell so the we wanted to cheers in our to store it. cheers with it we should have opened these ahead of time. Uh, now we get the sound effects of the. No, opening no, it's of perfect. The... It's perfect. The, I cut I, my nails I yesterday. I think we're keeping them on suspense. <laughs> yes. What will this taste? So I've never had this before. I don't know if I've had it either. Ooh, and you did say it was fizzy. <gasps> uh, well, oh, that's very fizzy. Kombucha uh, it has exploded <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> what is in this kombucha? Because I know nothing about this drink, but. We saw on your Instagram it is your absolute favorite. Yeah. So this one I actually love too. It's the Health Aid Kombucha. So it's like a – it's supposed to help with – kombucha in general is supposed to like help with digestion, clean your gut. Um, And this is the Power Green one. So it's really good. It has wheatgrass, spirulina. Um, so it's super delicious. Sometimes like people we find at by Chloe, they'll do it as like a meal replacement or you can like do it with like, you know, drink it with like a side of a salad. But, um, it's like good to like drink all day at your desk. I might as well try it. Yeah. yeah try it I'm it. Do you drink again? this every day? Um, no, I don't. Um, but some people do and I probably should, but. It tastes like iced tea. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like a fermented <laughs> tea. So in business, obviously, you're working around the clock, and sometimes it can be hard to really take care of yourself and put yourself first. I know you've been really open about your fertility journey over the past few years and re- recently shared it in, I think it was Entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the, the magazine. Um, would love to hear from you how you've been able to handle the journey of going through fertility treatments and also running a business, because I shared with you... I've been in the same boat and no, it's definitely, definitely not easy. Yes. Um, I think that, you know, at some point you just have to like put yourself first and that was kind of hard for me to, to figure out. And it's interesting, like when you're going through, when you're cycling and you're in it and you're going through all this fertility stuff, you kind of forget how much time you're actually spending on that until you're not doing that and you're like, whoa, 
I have all of these hours in my day back because you get so used to every morning being in the doctor's office. It's like you just don't think about it anymore. It's like, oh, you know, every morning I'm at the doctor's office for two hours and then, you know, it just becomes part of your routine. It's like, you know, if you drink a juice every morning, it's just like you go and pick up your juice every morning. That's just your day. So I think that the normalcy of that like kind of helps you out actually because if you have to like think about oh gosh I have to go to the doctor every day it sounds crazy like if someone told me like they have to go every day I'd be like oh my gosh like that's like kind of intense but like you kind of just get like used to it and um we uh I you know haven't been back to fertility since like January and right now I'm doing actually like another um round of uh egg retrievals um like right now which is I actually just came from the doctor's office and it's amazing how much time it is this week because I haven't been like in the swing of it uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) in the swing of it so like every day I'm like oh gosh like now I have to go back there and I'm like how did I actually have the time for this and I think that you just have to make a decision at some point like I'm putting myself first and people just have to understand that and you know I try and work it into my day as best as possible but you know there's things that you can sacrifice on like I haven't been to like you know my regular doctor's office in three years so but um you know fertility just obviously was like my first priority and it was something that I knew I really wanted so you know I made I put myself first where that had never happened before with business you know if it's like if I want a facial or I want to go to lunch with a friend like that's like reserved for weekends you know but with fertility it's like you you'll do anything and I think that you know, when there are things in your life that, you know, matter to you so much, you just have to put yourself first and like be okay with that. And I think in the beginning of me making that decision, I was felt like I had to constantly like push myself even further to like prove like, oh, no, 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 I'm like on top of everything. I'm on top of everything. And it's like, you don't have to justify, Mm -hmm. like, if you want to start a family, you shouldn't have to justify to like people that you're working or you're doing what you need to do. Like if you're confident that you're getting everything you need to get done, then that should be enough. Absolutely. Were you open with your team when you started going through everything? Yeah. um, So before I started um, IVF, I had um, two miscarriages. um, And so after the first one I was like kind of really isolated about it because you know what people don't really talk about with a miscarriage or fertility in general is like you feel guilty and you feel like it's your fault and so after the first one I was like internalized it a lot and I was just like in a bad mood a lot at the time and um you know I kind of stayed home after that for like a week of just like I was just broken um so that was that was difficult because I didn't necessarily I was definitely not as open um in that point because it was just like it was too raw mm-hmm. to talk about um but then um when I got pregnant again after that um I like started like talking to my team more about it and then I miscarried again unfortunately and then when I started going through IVF like everyone knew because I didn't want to be just like not available for a few hours in a day, in a day if I was at the doctor's office and I wanted people to to understand like why um you know as a business owner but like also you know I I constantly struggle with a family business 
you know, trying to prove myself and not be seen as, oh, you know, Sam just comes and goes as she pleases. And, and people understand that, you know, I'd rather be in the office. Like, I would rather be doing my job than be, you know, sitting in a doctor's no office. No one signs up for going through fertility treatments. Exactly. It's not so a- <laughs> I think I was, like, more open for a multitude of yeah. reasons just because I wanted people to understand you know, where I was and why they couldn't necessarily get a hold of me. And like, I just wanted them to, you know, also like be patient with the fact that like, I'm trying to to be everywhere at the same time, but like I couldn't. And also, um, you know, there were certain people on my team that needed to know more than others, like my right hand person, like she was aware of it. Um, And also Rachel, who does all of our like PR and marketing um, knew because she couldn't schedule me to do things all the time. And I wanted her to like understand, like I wasn't being difficult by, oh, I can't do this interview at this scheduled time. Um, Because as you know, with fertility, a lot of it's like, in flux, you know, yeah. so it's like it's someday- not our schedule. It's whatever it ends up being. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I might have a procedure on this day. So like I might not be available. And I think a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily like understand that. Um, it's definitely a lesson in learning to be flexible for sure for everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and no, you can't predict anything. No, definitely yeah. not. So what do you like to do at home for fun? What uh, what keeps you excited? Um. Keeps me excited. I love flowers. Uh, so when I was going through all the fertility um, stuff, I really wanted to find outlets that were fulfilling to me that weren't work or like kind of just like senseless, like just like get myself out of my head. So I really on Saturdays love to go to the flower district, buy flowers, and I'd go home and just like blast the music and like, you know, pretend I was like, you know, this really elegant florist. <laughs> um, and that was really fun, but it's quite costly. So I haven't been back um, in a while. Just also, it's, I, you have to go like really early in the morning. So I've been since I've been working so hard, I've kind of been like treasuring my sleep as much as possible. Um, I do uh I was doing, you know, a mixture of different workouts, but with fertility, I really switched to all low impact and I found like a love of yoga and, you know, a newfound love of Pilates. Um, So I try and do Pilates and yoga. um, Like I, I probably work out like every day um, and it's usually like a mix of like one or the other and it's just a way for me to start my day. Like this week feels weird because I'm cycling, so I can't um, actually work out and it's like I'm feel like I'm not like fully awake but I love doing in the morning and I was never a workout morning person until I started and now I like totally like game changer. Has there ever been a point where you felt completely burned out and needed a break? From working out? Oh in general. Oh just from, in general. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Life? yeah. <laughs> oh my god like all the time. Um, yeah. And I think that like when I was going through a lot of the fertility stuff, it's hard to like plan ahead to plan trips to plan this like this summer was the first time I could plan a trip in advance for my friend's wedding because I wasn't going through fertility. I was like, wow, this is what like normal people do that have like a summer vacation that they plan three months in advance. Um, So I tried in order to like not get completely burnt out with the fertility stuff is like whenever we had, you know, really bad news or had a retrieval or like a failed transfer, we would just like jump in the car and like go to Vermont for a weekend or go here for a weekend just because I felt like if I just like stayed in this like bubble and like working hard during the week and bad news on the weekends, like I would just, 
I would get like severely burnt out. So I think it's about, you know, realizing when you're like about to get burnt out and kind of being like, being okay, proactive. Like, like, yeah, let's going do to the spa, else. going yeah. and taking a, yeah, a and road facials trip. and spas. I've been doing a lot of spas, exactly. treating myself. It's so, yeah. It really is so Zeal important. Is the <laughs> and I've been doing cupping and like lymphatic drainage recently, which I'm like obsessed with. Oh, I have to hear more about that. Yeah, it's really great. We we talked about a lot. You are an incredible entrepreneur. You have scaled by Chloe, started new restaurants. You have been um, dealing with fertility issues, and you're still here smiling and laughing. <laughs> so can you tell us what's next? Um. Well, we're having a baby in December, so I guess that's next. Um, Yes, we um, have an incredible angel in Texas who will be delivering our baby. So, gonna try and I have the chills. Do that, yeah. 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 So I was looking at my phone uh, during this periodically because our surrogate's having um, a gross scan right now. So my husband's like texting me, like the cord looks great, the blood flow looks great. Uh, So I apologize about that, but yes, it's very exciting. Um, So we've been kind of prepping for that and. I guess from a work perspective, figuring out what this thing called uh, maternity leave actually looks like. Yeah, what does that look like for an entrepreneur? Is there really such thing? <laughs> I will have to get back to you on that. I don't think for me there is. Uh, fortunately, um, he's being born in the beginning of December. So I think with the holidays it's right around timing. there, it's great it timing. will hopefully be a natural break or slow down for me um and I'm in my head kind of setting it up with my team as like an office hour situation where it's like every day between like two and four maybe I'll be available for every question you could ask me under the sun but then you know make your list (laughs) unavailable every other hour yeah so but I'll have to come back on and let you know how that works yes I definitely want to I want to hear all about this and congratulations that's so exciting so let's think ahead you know probably at least a year to when you're going to start maybe your next restaurant let's do a quick brainstorm we'll put 60 seconds on the clock and the three of us let's powwow and come up with your next big potential idea oh I think I got it I have it yeah what is it I have it Mark are we ready to go we have 60 (laughs) seconds this is great all right I think we have to do some type of baby food type uh restaurant so moms and babies can come together dads and babies can come together and it's the right type of healthy food for the baby and for the parent yeah, I love that idea. I was actually talking to someone that started a baby food company, and I was like, we need to do like a guac burger and baby food form. Yes. <laughs> so, and it's family friendly. You can bring your kids. And the dogs. Right type and dogs. Oh, yes. That has to be dog friendly because there's not as many dog friendly spots in New York as you would think. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't Buy Chloe have dog food? On yeah, we have dog yes. treats. Dog treats. I gotta stop by there for. Yeah, for they're Nori. great. <laughs> they're you humans can eat them too. They're just very dry. Awesome. <laughs> eat them with her. Perfect any other Instagram. ideas? We only have how many seconds we have left? Fifteen seconds. Any other ideas or? I'm going know if we with my first thought. Idea. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. First thought. Maybe like a a, a, a superfood mega store yeah and we're working on uh, like a buy chloe test kitchen sort of thing so Ooh, stay tuned that is so fun well thank you so yeah, much you for guys. coming on the show i know everyone has learned so much from everything that you've shared today so tell us what does it mean to be an entrepreneurista i guess for to be an entrepreneurista to me um means to be a female entrepreneur um to create amazing spaces and brands for um people to create incredible memories 
I love that. I love, love that. Well, you're definitely an incredible entrepreneurista. Thank you. Where can everyone follow you and find you? Uh, everyone can follow me at it's I-T-S, me, Sam Wass, W-A-S-S. And for by Chloe, it's at E-A-T, E-A-T by Chloe. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back next week with another inspiring entrepreneurista. Until next time, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this has been the most fun business meeting we've ever had. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneurs. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurspodcast.com. Entreprenista is produced by Mouth Media Network for Socialfly. Copyright 2018, Socialfly, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.